0: Hey, so what's up, Goon Squad? Um, so um, another quality result there for us to go into um, Arsenal. One Manchester United. Three. Everyone, I'm sure, is super excited to break down that game some more. Um, oh, how frustrating, eh? Um, why couldn't Jose just hang on for a few more weeks and let us absolutely demolish them? Um, it's very annoying. I, I think I said on the previous podcast how I'm a big believer in the sort of um, the form and uh, sort of players playing in a kind of way that they they enjoy and think is good, making a massive difference in terms of, you know, like a, their their ultimate overall performance. I, I think that, don't get me wrong, I think that that can kind of, obviously, it, as, form eb, eb, as form ebbs and flows, uh, they're... Their ability will go up and down and blah, blah, blah. But I think just the sort of having the shackles of Jose Mourinho taken off of them uh, has obviously given everyone such a massive boost that Man U are doing really well at the moment. Um, I still think that they're going to come unstuck. Like, if I was a Man United fan, I don't think I'd be too excited about the prospect of a uh, Solskjaer long term. But you can't argue with the results that he's had so far, he's done well. But, you know. <sighs> I sort of think six one half dozen the other in terms of how much is that just them not having Jose and how much of that is um, uh, Ole doing some good stuff. I think it's you know a little bit from column A, a little bit from column B, but it's just when it comes down to it, is when it's when the uh, Mourinho effect or hangover clearance um, is gone. Are they? Is that still going to be? ...enough to get them through tough games. Like, I, I think that Liverpool or Man City... ...would give them an absolute shoeing in even now. Um, I don't think, uh, you know... I, I The problem is that I could get it proven wrong. I, I think that it's not unheard of. It's not like they've got absolute rubbish players or anything. Um, I think that they're probably going to finish... ...higher than Chelsea... Um, ...and potentially Spurs uh the question is do, do where are we in that mix i have no idea at the moment we're just too un, unreliable in terms of results and performances to make any kind of prediction i mean we could we could start another 22 game unbeaten streak tomorrow but we could also get absolutely slaughtered by cardiff or something i don't know anyway so predictably enough um alexis sanchez alexis sanchez i should say um scored united's first um, I, at the time I didn't feel too upset about this goal I kind of just thought that's just a good ball by Lukaku um, Through to Sanchez who put it away You know I don't think however much we like to laugh at how bad Sanchez has been since he's gone to United I mean the guy is still a very good player He's just been in dreadful form and obviously had issues with Mourinho etc etc So it doesn't surprise me he could tuck that away It doesn't surprise me he made the run um, probably surprised me more that Lukaku found him, but uh, nonetheless, he did. I think, that obviously, whatever you do when a goal is scored, you can go back through it and find where people have messed up and so on and so forth. But, I mean, the feeling I had at the time was that that was just like more a good goal for them than horrificness from us. On further inspection, maybe there are some errors that are made there, but, you know, I, I definitely prefer to have a glass which is half full rather than not. So, you know, it is what it is. Um, The next goal by Man United, uh, not so much. Um, This is just where it all started going wrong. I mean, I think it's worth saying that uh, we lost Socrates and we lost Koscielny, um to injuries during the game. And uh, that, you know, I don't know whether it's solely responsible for the way the rest of the game went, but certainly even just the break in the play... Um, on both instances, certainly allowed the momentum to swing back in United's f- favour. Um, so, Socrates seems to seem to have done something to his ankle, um, and Kashoni got stood on on his face uh, by Lukaku. And like, at the time, there was suspicion that he broke his jaw, but apparently that's not the case. Um, but at the same time, Socrates is apparently out for four weeks, when originally we thought it wasn't that bad. Um, so, you know, I don't know how long Sean is actually going to be out for. Maybe he, he, you know, I don't know. It depends what it is. Um, I would expect him to hopefully be available sooner rather than later. Uh, maybe Tuesday, uh, against Cardiff is too soon, but we'll see. Um, but yeah, so once them two wear off, then everything started to go a bit wrong. Um, luckily for us, uh, I say luckily for us, we had opportunities in the game. I don't think it's um, unreasonable to say that. And and obviously, had we taken them um, a bit better than we did, then it could have been a very different match. I think that obviously, you know, we've all seen games where the momentum changes drastically when goals are scored. And, you know, a team, that, I mean, it's happened to us many, many times where we, we come out of the blocks, look like we're absolute world beaters. Then the other team scores against the run and play and we literally go to pot. Well, I wouldn't say that we... We did that um, too much. Uh, I'd say that we definitely looked a bit like, "Oh um, after uh, after that initial man United um, score. Or, or two scores, um. But then, luckily, Abymeang managed to get presented with an opportunity that, even with his current propensity for missing, he could not miss, and he slotted it home. I mean, he was he was you know I could have scored that goal. I, I, I doubt I could have got into the area, but I could have scored the goal. Um. So that was good. Um. And it was kind of like after that, we kind of had a little bit more of sort of enthusiasm that we might actually get back into the game. Um. Yeah, that didn't turn out to happen. And ultimately, Man United scored again. Anthony Anthony Martial um put him at three one, and well, uh, you know, I was just a bit loath to go into this game too much more because I was just it hurt me. I think after the Chelsea game and with Man United being a bit sketchy, and also the fact that Man United have had a few games like uh of being good under Solskjaer, I kind of wanted us to be the team to give them a slap down, if I'm honest with you. Uh, and that did not happen. Um, and it was just very frustrating. Um, obviously, picking up some more injuries was also very frustrating. I th- the thing was that, unlike games like sort of the Brighton game, for example, the West Ham game, I didn't feel like... It, it wasn't like we were playing in slow motion or running through mud or whatever I would have used to describe those games. Like, people were running about... Uh, I don't know it just I mean as I say when we turned on the turned the screw uh, turn it turn it back on um and also prior to them scoring we looked dangerous I mean we had plenty of opportunities but then we just I I seem to remember like looking back from my my group chat to my friends that uh, Lacassette was also quite wasteful but he he was like passed into the opposition he would do an amazing like tackle if he could have put his defensive side of his game uh, his offensive side of his game was as good as his defensive side because he was getting the ball back and putting tackles in and stuff like that. And it, you know, so when you were thinking about him, there was no oh Lacazette's done nothing. Like you'd remember those good things, but at the same time, he was also getting the ball and then passing it to nobody or something like that. Um, Ainsley Mate and Niles are coming for a lot of criticism for his performance. Um, phew, you know, it's a guy playing out of his position. I, I, I struggle to get that worked up about it. Um, you know, if it if it was his position and he was our first choice, um I could f- get on board with being frustrated at him, but it's not his position, so I don't get that upset about it. I think more annoyingly that we don't have anyone to give uh Bellerin any sort of either pressure to keep performing or cover for when something like this happens. Uh that that's that's a bigger issue as far as I'm concerned. So yeah also we're out of the uh the FA Cup so Spurs so that's nice um you know i've i've had some good good days over the uh last few years watching arsenal in the FA Cup um being to Wembley uh but i can't say I'm that concerned i mean it's got to have been our like lowest priority between the top 4 and Europa League but now that is literally all we have left to look forward to. So hopefully uh, things can go a little bit better in that. Um, I'm actually going to the Emirates on Tuesday to watch the Cardiff game. So, uh, I mean, on one hand, I I just cannot see anything other than us winning that game. Um, On the other hand, I couldn't see us um, doing anything other than winning against Uh, Brighton, I couldn't see us doing anything other than winning against West Ham. And I I genuinely thought we would win against Man United. Um, But there we go. Um, The life of an Arsenal fan, I'm sure you can all relate. Um, Obviously, again, I mentioned it previously, but I mean, it's... You know, I will feel a a bit sorry for uh, Cardiff um, about their their new signing, um, Salah, who has gone missing... um, so yeah i mean just to, i'll just acknowledge that again i think i said everything about that that I was going to say in the last podcast um so i guess there's a lot of talk about um transfers and stuff and i i just i don't really understand this whole like loan with an option to buy i mean all this stuff and the, the the PSG guy who they were talking about they were going oh yeah PSG wants to get him to sign to a new contract for them before he comes on loan to us so that if we want to buy him they can obviously jack up the price you know whatever that's their prerogative maybe we should be doing some shrewd moves like that when we let players go for seemingly below what we could have got for them um, I, I don't know whether that's a realistic one to happen anyway there's people going on about Perisic uh, I think that's how you pronounce him I think I've only ever seen his name written down rather than spoken about. But anyway, uh, you you know who I mean. And uh, and the sort of the the <laughs> the scenarios that I'm reading uh, they confuse me. Um, I don't understand. I mean, I I'm led to believe that there is an FFP financial fair play side to this whole equation, in terms of you know our wages increasing and stuff. I don't really understand how loan deals make that less of a problem um i you know i i'm not even going to pretend to get know anything about the sort of uh well financial fair play rules and regulations and how it pertains to player contracts and where arsenal's finances are and blah 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 but this is what i'm led to believe has had all this like loan uh with a potential to buy scenarios coming out um i also think that it's I was going to say highly likely, but I think the potential for uh, Ramsey to go in this window is definitely there. He put a tweet out the other day, um, which a few people definitely considered might be like a sort of, oh, yeah, this is going to be my, my last week here kind of thing. Um, obviously, that's totally open to people misconstruing what he's saying and he might just be looking forward to this week. Other people's thinking, wow, well, yeah, that's a home game against his former club. Would be a good way to sort of check out of the uh, British leagues, <clears throat> but whatever. I'm sure we'll see about that. I, I I have to say that there's been no joy for me with the transfer uh, window. I haven't had any excitement about anything I've heard. I, I keep seeing us linked with like players who are like twenty nine. Um, and big for big money as well which just seems to me like we're a team that apparently has no money even though we are like making profits and we're up there with the sort of top teams in Europe and stuff but yet we're the team that has no money um I think if we were spending our money on 29 year old players who would have no in no retained value at the end of their contracts it's just madness to me um at the same time in no way would it surprise me it seems like that seems to be like what we do these days is just throw money down a big pit of players Uh, and one of my friends pointed out to me that um Aubameyang was like that sort of age profile as well and you know don't be wrong I don't think that a 29 year old player is game over that they've they can't bring anything to the the Um, what I think is that after a sort of four-year contract or whatever, the likelihood of them being able to be moved on for any kind of recruitment on the their, the cost we pay for them is super low. Um, so we have to look at any kind of per, like purchase at that um, age profile as being money that we are just throwing away. And that's fine if we have loads of money to throw away um, or if this player is some exceptional thing. Like, you know, you, you think about uh sanchez i think we paid 32 million quid for sanchez when we signed him um now if that whole situation had been managed much better you can't tell me that we couldn't have massively made money on him and had some of the best years of his career um potentially as well if we if we would got rid of him and got some money for him instead of signing him up to this ridiculous deal we'd have probably got some some of the best years of him um and made money whereas now We've got nothing, we've got, we got Mikatarian um, for uh, Alexis Sanchez uh, and end up paying him way over the odds. And we've got um, Ozil where it's almost like we can't get rid of the guy. Uh, and that's, you know, I'm not saying that Ozil's bad, I'm not saying anything because we don't know what's going on there. Obviously he's not getting played, whether that's his fault or the team's fault or a bit of both or what, I don't, I don't know. So, it's very difficult to comment on, really, but certainly that's some bad management there. But it seems like, instead of thinking, these are scenarios that we should learn from, you know, if you buy a player who is 25, 24, maybe, you know, has a bit of experience, so you know they're not just going to be a complete, like, a uh, uh, donut Um you maybe have to pay a bit more for them, but then the chances are the opportunity that we can give them to play in the Premier League on a big stage that they can ultimately end up being worth more and we can get good years out of them. Um, that's the scenario we should be going for, surely. I, I just don't understand these like old players that we're being like linked to who are not, like, don't me wrong, they're not terrible, but they're not the sort of players that make you go, bloody hell, um, they're serious. Um, so far as I know, I mean, I don't really know anything about Perisic, so... Maybe he is the saviour of football, and I've just been naive to it. Anyway, this is going longer than I thought. Anyway, uh, I thought this was going to be a bit of a, a, a miserable, quick one, and, and I feel like the that my uh, my input on this pod, uh, podcast has been significantly less good than normal. So I do apologise if you two are thinking the same thing. Um, the last thing I just saw this video of people giving Xhaka uh, harassment outside the ground. Apparently on the way home, um, and and him going shut up to the fans. Now I don't think I have any issue with that at all. I don't understand. Like even when I'm just speaking amongst my friends, like Arsenal f- friends, like the I can be in a scenario which has nothing to do with football, and we'll start talking about football. And then one of my mates, like, some people I know who are not lunatics, who I'm not a lunatic, people I socialise with are not lunatics, but they'll suddenly just come out with some, like, super... Not offensive is probably the wrong word, but a super, like, extreme view on something to do with Arsenal and just say it out loud. And I think to myself, like, are you are you all right, mate? Um, I, I just... It staggers me that people are so it's like in society at the moment, everyone's going on about how um, racists are being emboldened to be racist by people like Donald Trump and stuff like that. Now, that is a little bit beyond the scope of this podcast. But I wonder if the, the sort of... And I'm not criticising, because I, I watch the occasional Arsenal fan TV and everything like that, but I just wonder if the sort of social media element to football supporting is enabling people to think that it is OK to 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 shout abuse... At a football player from your own team, <laughs> like these are people, and they're doing a job. You know, can you imagine you went into work? You know, I don't know where where you work or what you do, but wherever it is, can you imagine you're you're on your way to work? You're thinking, oh my god, um, okay, I'm going to do my job as best I can. Blah blah blah. Maybe other people in your profession are better at it than you, but they, you're also better than it than a lot of people. So anyway, on your way out of work. You come out of there. You get in your car. You've got your wife with you, and then people are shouting at you and calling you all kinds of names. Is that reasonable behaviour? Why is it acceptable for him to have that? Don't be wrong. When players are on the pitch and you're supporting them, I love a bit of like um, beef. I don't. The the thing is, it's difficult to explain where the sort of line lies. Right, comedic banter shouting like oh you're crap or whatever or swearing or what however you want to be like during the game about something someone's doing at that time I have no issue with it at all I think that the, 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 the way things are going they're trying to over sanitize football to them and I do think there's sort of the niggly tensiony um, side of things is is part of what I enjoy about football. But I certainly, I don't want to see people throwing things at players. You know, they are still people and it's outrageous that you would do that. Um, I don't want to see people harassing these people out on the street. I, I just It's just unacceptable. Like, I feel like a player playing professional football is going to accept a degree of, like, people shouting stuff um, and getting behind a team like you know whatever I don't think that there's there's no place for racism or when people do like religious things and all this sort of stuff things which are about stuff that people can't change like if someone does a bad tackle you can go oh that's an absolutely outrageous tackle bro I'll give him heaps for it but you know there's a difference between that and finding someone on the way home from work and abusing them that is not acceptable i i don 't understand like when do we become that as a fan fan base it 's not okay um, it 's not okay for some of the stuff that people say in stadiums i mean i 've never really experienced it in all the time i've been down there, but certainly people say that they hear outrageous things being said um, which are not acceptable um, i mean I, I I remember once I was at an ipswich uh, Arsenal Ipswich game, which I believe Bentner and Fia Walcott were our attacking options. That was a horrific game. I believe we lost it. Um, And there was these people, like Arsenal fans, in amongst each other, like, trying to have a fight. There was a guy with his son who was only a little kid. I mean, I guess he was, like, 10 or 11. And he's taking issue with this fella. And they're, like, squaring up. And they're going, oh, I'm going to meet you outside afterwards. I'm going to meet you outside afterwards. And this guy's going crazy. He's got his kid there. And, um, And I'm just sitting there thinking we're on the same team here mate <laughs> like i what is going on i mean but that that just goes to show that we have had a, a strange element to our fa- fan base for a long time it's not like a new thing i just feel like that maybe nowadays with social media that people think it is okay to shout abuse at players um the people think it is okay to you know interact with these people in a way that i, I just i don't understand it you know, if there whatever we like to think of them, and we'd all love to be in a position of getting paid hundreds of thousands of pounds a week and living that life. Would you want to do that if you were getting harassed by some no mark on the street corner saying all sorts of horrific things to you in front of your family? I, uh, I think that would per- definitely take the shine off of it, and there's no reason for it. Like, what difference does it make? Do you think that? Do you think that? Firstly. Xhaka is picking himself to go in the squad? No, he's not. Um, do you think that even when he makes mistakes that he's not trying his hardest? I don't think that's the case. I, I just find it out, outrageous and just very difficult to understand what what is going on with people and how they act and how they behave nowadays. It's not like it's just limited to football, but I certainly... As, in terms of things that I'm involved in where I can see this kind of thing happening, football is the one, and I just... Oh, I just don't understand it. And and like, don't be wrong. I I I think that the difference between someone shouting abuse at someone in their face in real life and someone saying that you know Jacker is rubbish on Twitter or whatever they want to do, they're two different things. It starts getting like the the. In my opinion, the 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 water starts getting muddied as soon as you start trying to do stuff like tagging the player into these posts. I just don't understand what you're trying to achieve by this. And I think uh, I listened to the Ask Blogger earlier, Ask Cast Extra earlier, and they were talking about it as well. And I totally agreed with uh, what Ask Blog was saying um, in terms of what are these people trying to achieve? <laughs> um, uh, do they hope that, like, Xhaka or Bella because I've seen it happening to him before, uh, are sitting at home and they're on their phone, they get tagged in, and they look on it and they go, oh, This guy, who is literally nobody, has said that I am absolutely rubbish and, you know, I wouldn't get in the team playing for like Southend seconds or something. Like, maybe they do. I mean, maybe they have a team who goes through and filters out all the crap like that. But maybe they do read that. And I just think to myself, what do they think when they see Arsenal fans saying that to them? What does the fans say in it? What hope to achieve? I uh, I don't understand. I mean, don't be wrong. Like I, I can't. I'm not whiter than white. I have definitely harassed Robbie Savage on um, Twitter for saying how surely I can do. We can, bt sport can do better than Robbie Savage or that kind of thing. And Andy Townsend has got it from me as well. And I probably have tagged them in, but it's largely because I just I. I don't think I, you know, I don't think I was calling them aff- abusive words anyway. I think I was just criticising, that what they're doing, in their roles. But even then, I would concede that I, I did that. And if I saw Robbie Savage, I probably wouldn't go up to him and go, "You're a terrible pundit." Um, so that is me, too in a roundabout way, doing what I'm moaning about here. But even if I did, I think that he would just be, you know, I, what I'd written is not that offensive that it would cause him and his family distress even if i did say it um i just i don't know anyway on that positive note um actually let's have a little think about cardiff cardiff is tomorrow which i'm going to um again i just anything less than 3 points here i'll just be so angry as well that because i've i have not been to many games this season just because of financial constraints that i've got um what the one the last game that i have been to actually was it the last game certainly the last premier league game that i went to was wolves and uh yeah that was a nil nil and an absolute snooze fest um so I just hope that this game is three points and that we can maybe play well, and I can actually have a memory of going to see my team play and enjoy myself, uh, because that hasn't been a a definite of late. Anyway, uh, if you want to get in contact, uh, Goon Squad PC on Twitter. Um, hit me up. Let me know how wrong I am or uh, anything you want me to talk about going forward. I'll probably do another podcast after the Cardiff game. Uh, I, the problem is, I keep leaving these podcasts to try and see as things develop. I mean, as soon as this transfer window ends and hopefully the drama and stuff around our ridiculous board level activities uh, can peter out a bit as well, then I'll be trying to do these podcasts a lot more close to the game. Um, with the the preceding game, I should say, rather than the forthcoming game. Of course, Friday and Tuesday is not miles apart anyway. But um, I'll try and make it so that the podcast is a little bit more um, current uh, than being talking about the game prior to the one that we've most recently played. Um, so, anyway, I am aware of that. I'm going to try and speed up the turnaround. Um, also, I mean, just any comments with what I should be doing more of or less of, uh, and if that comment is oh kill yourself then feel free not to leave it nice one everyone take it easy and i hope you have a great week ahead peace